The Lonely Gal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lonely Gal podcast. My name is Judy Wong, and I'm your guide on this journey. And today's lovely guest, Jenny Crawford, an award-winning hairdresser from Finglas, Dublin, working in the beautiful salon Kazumi, is here with me today to discuss what it's really like to be lonely in a relationship. Today's podcast is brought to you in association with Graco Studios based in Finglas, Dublin, and they offer a hybrid solution for video, photography and podcasting. For more information, please check out their website at gracostudios.com. Well, hello, Jenny. How are you doing, my love? I'm very well. Very well. So... Um, I'm just going to introduce you a little bit, just so our audience knows who you are. Thank you. You are a very good friend of mine. I've known for like almost two decades. So I really appreciate you being on board with this podcast. And you work in a fabulous salon in town, Kazumi. And you're an award-winning hairdresser that a lot of people do know of you. So I think it's going to be an amazing um, session that we're going to have on this episode. So we're going to dive deep Okay, um, like we always do, Jen. And um, so, you know, the podcast is about loneliness. And I guess um, what sparked me to invite you on board was like hearing a conversation between uh, yourself and Mr. Stephen Kelly about like, you know, tapping into kind of calling each other and making sure that each other you know, you had to check in on each other because that was an important part of your friendship because um, you're both uh, single and um, this is an important part of connection. So to make sure that you're always tapping into connections. Absolutely, because um, we realised that, you know, when you do kind of when you are on your own and living mm-hmm. on your own and you've lots of friends and family, that's yep. not the problem. But it's at that time of night or whatever just to make sure... Do you get home okay? Yeah. You all right? You know, and it's kind of like that somebody's doing that. Not saying that none of my other friends don't do it. Yeah. But friends who are in more of, um, have relationships or families around with them all the time, um, they don't tend to, you know, do that thing. They, they automatically think because you're a very independent person, hmm. you're doing fine. Yeah. You're going to do it. They're fine. They're okay. Until we make that phone call for the arrangement for to meet up for dinner mm-hmm. or a drink. But with Stephen and myself, it was kind of one of those things. We sat down, we had a conversation that we had heard a friend of ours who had said that um, she actually made sure that one of her other best friends, that they made a, made a pact with each other mm. to check in within 24 hours just as a check-in. Just in case anything yeah. happened, you know, if you have a fall, yeah, you know, you don't know an accident, mm-hmm. you got you locked out of your house or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's just, um, it's kind of a reassurance that there's going to be somebody there. Yeah, no, it made me really conscious because um, I have so many friends who are like yourself, like very social, very, um, you know, lively, have a great social life. Things look great for them, and I. I think when I heard yourself and Stephen talk about this, it made me more aware that maybe I need to check in on some of my friends who are, you know, 
they are very social, but they live at home by themselves as well. And that like maybe it's actually a nice thing to kind of tap into just hey, is everything doing okay? And not making it overly about, oh, I know you're by yourself, but just connecting. Yeah, it's not not a thing about just being by yourself. It's actually just a thing of knowing that, you know, not all great independent people running around like lunatics Mm. and this and seem to be having a great life that we may portray on social media and stuff like that is, um, that is always happening. It's just that whole thing of, it was like a, you know what? We're getting that little bit older, mm-hmm. although Mr. Kelly will tell you I'm older than him <laughs> and he'll make a point of that. But we are getting a little bit older and we're a bit more aware of our surroundings. We're a bit more aware of what is actually happening in the city, mm. you know, and we've discovered that over the last week or so, which was a well, unbelievable situation. But even before that, it was a case of we were finding it. It's actually not quite nice in town anymore. Mm. And to be a single person who would roam the streets and not a problem go to meet someone, you know, 20 minutes walk away or this, that and the other, walking up and down streets around Grafton Street, whatever, was never a problem before because myself and him, well, myself alone, have worked in the city for 46 years in the industry. I used to teach karate in Finglas, so I kind of always had that thing of that I was very streetwise as such. It doesn't matter what skill that you may have. This street, let me say the street demon who you're dealing with these days, they don't have any street rules, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And they, and you know, so you're coming across different things. So myself and him had this conversation about, let's be careful where we're going. Let's make sure that, you know, if we're going to be out in a night that we get a taxi home together. Yeah. And then it kind of came from that. Basically, yeah. of the check-in. Yeah, the pact. Yeah. Supporting each other. Yeah. Make sure that you're okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I guess one of the other curious questions I have for you is, like, when when did you first experience loneliness yourself? Um, and how did you navigate that experience? Um, I think... In loneliness was the first time I actually went to live on my own. Okay. Because I'd gone from my parents' house Mm -hmm. to living with friends. And for years I was living with friends and I was living with my relationships. Yeah. And then I was living, and then all of a sudden I was left in a situation where um, I had been in a long relationship that um, it it had come to an end. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the time we were about to buy a house and we were making plans and then everything overnight was just finished. So I kind of had to get to a situation of I was about to buy a house, but I couldn't really afford this house on my own. And I was put in this situation within six weeks. I found myself buying an apartment on my own and then living on my own. And even though it was an amazing achievement, which I felt because I'd worked very, very hard, it was when everybody had gone, like, after the celebrations of the the new home, the new situation, my plans for what I was doing. I have a beautiful home, and thanks to this day, I still have my beautiful home 23 years later. But all of a sudden, the weekend came, mm-hmm. and it was me. And like I went, okay, like, this is it. Like, this is, I'm actually on my own now. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I had lived in an apartment kind of on my own in in an hour relationship. But now I was never felt I was doing my own. But all of a sudden now I was because this was mine. It was my responsibility. And I kind of had to grow up really quick. Mm. And when you say this is me, this is me on my own. Like, how did this make you feel like? Well, it was kind of like in the beginning, it was a little bit. I felt vulnerable, but yeah. here's the one thing about me, Julie. I'm not an actual um, a lonely crier. Mm. I don't sit and cry and mope at mm. home for being on alone. At that time, it was, I said it was an awareness. It was all of a sudden, okay, this is me. You know, I'm the one paying the bills and yeah. I'm the one doing this. And how does this work? And, you know, if I meet someone, do they? I had it all, you know, to work a lot of things out. But I never sat and cried about it because I don't think for me mm-hmm. that never worked. I'm also not a person that puts on whingy music. Mm-hmm. I don't like girls playing guitars <laughs> and guys playing guitars, <laughs> singing their heart out and waiting for them, you know, to get uh, everything back that they lost. I don't do that. Yeah. I yeah. kind of a forward thinking. Okay, because do, do you think that if you place that kind of in your environment. So let's say, for example, you put on the sad songs and you put repeat on those tunes. It could actually impact you and you would actually dive even deeper and deeper into the... I I really feel that you have to be... If you were finding yourself, I think, for uh, going into a kind of a a melancholic kind of state Mm -hmm. of... And in some cases, some people are really unfortunate that they get very deep and you know, a depression may set in or stuff like that. I find the words of these people in those situations never actually, um, what would you say, resonated with me Uh because that was not my situation, you know. Um, So I never went down that route of, you know, George Michael or whoever, (laughs) you know what I mean, whoever, Tracy Chapman or whoever, you know, it just wasn't for me. I'm more a... Put Coronation Street on. My yeah. life isn't as bad as that. You know, yes. I'm kind of more, I'm a visual person. Mm-hmm. So for me to see things and I used to kind of put on comedy or I put on something because I need to go down that route. You know, I don't think I'll be standing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to this day. At that time when I was in that kind of little thing, yeah, um, I was very much of, I've got amazing friends. I have an incredible family. And um, and we'd gone through all our own stuff with our parents separating and everything, but still didn't matter. I had an incredible, very intelligent, emotionally intelligent as well, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and friends that you can talk it out. So what I'm hearing is that you had a really good connection with your, your people, with yes. your friends, with your family, that even though sometimes they weren't always available for you, they, they are emotionally available to hear how you are doing, to tap in. They might get a sense that you might be off to check in Mm -hmm. and then that you have other people that are like, that you can rely on that are always checking in and connecting in with you to make sure that you're, you're at a good, healthy level. Yeah, I think now, like I can say in my Mm forties, I had, I had times where, um, on which I stopped very quickly Mm -hmm. that it will be, you know, a bit pissed off rather than lonely. Mm. And I'd Frustrated. be at home. And, you know, I would like, I shall have 
glass of wine or yeah. whatever and this, that and the other. I found that alone your state drinking at home. Whereas for me, I love to go to a bar. I can go to a bar on my own, have a pint of Guinness. I can talk to a stranger. Mm-hmm. I can have, um, you know, a connection with an energy around me. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to connect with them. I can have an energy around me. I'm in a very fortunate situation that I talk so much during the day with all my clients. With all your clients, yeah. And my clients tend to offload a lot mm-hmm. to me yeah. in um, in a, a confident, uh, as a confidant. Yeah, is that the word? Yeah, yeah. that's a confidant. Yeah, and um, so sometimes when I've maybe had a day where they've imparted some very emotional stuff to me, at the end of it, I'm kind of going, okay, I, I don't want to go home and just be thinking like that. So I'd actually go in to the local in town, mm-hmm. have a pint and just have a chat mm. with myself or, you know, with the surrounding um, people. Because some people are in the same way and they might want to just have a chat out of context of a... It doesn't have to be, it's just a conversation, not a chat up line, mm. not anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jen, like, I remember we were talking about, like, this, like loneliness does impact everybody. And I guess we all have different ways of, like, navigating through loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're mentioning there that, you know, you kind of go, look, I'm not going to moan about it I'm just going to get up and do something about it do you think it's really important that we do something instead of I guess the word is wallowing or like just you know sitting still and staying in that uncomfortable yeah because like it's a well-known fact right yeah if you do the same thing the same way mm-hmm. every day and same time whatever you get the same result so if you go down that rabbit hole. Now, as it, again, it is unfortunate that some people's nature that can bring them down there. Mm-hmm. But today, there's a hell of a lot of help out there. Yeah. But not an awful lot of people like to ask for help. Like if I'm having a lonely time, I'll tell my friends when I'm out with them. Yeah. I'm a bit lonely at the moment, like, yeah. you know, because I want to do something exciting. But they know it's not I'm down there lonely. Yes. Right. It's just that I want the company. Yes. Of my friends, can we do this? Can we do the, you know, have something to look forward to? Mm-hmm. There are other people who really, unfortunately, that they're, there's a block in their brain. It doesn't allow them maybe to go there or to ask for the help or to be seen, as they say, a lot of people put that face on. Mm-hmm. on that the mask. The outside see. Yeah. But inside, because they don't know how to actually ask for the the help in some ways. Yeah. Pride can get in the way, but also that they feel it's a bit stupid. And, you know, nothing is stupid. I used to always say that. Mm. I used to think that years ago. It's a bit stupid if I told someone, no, mm. I'm feeling a bit lonely. Because I don't, I'm not, I thought lonely was somebody rolled up in a corner or the blanket over them yeah. on the thing crying, for, you know. I didn't think that. You know, you can have a whinge, but it's not... <laughs> a lot of my crime was not done out of uh, the loneliness. Mm-hmm. More so the emotional state of something that I lost, you know, or, 
you know, relationship that I've been in that I really loved and whatever. I have a really good friend called Sonia. And um, I remember years ago, I was sharing with her and her husband, her now husband, her boyfriend at the time. And I used to love just sitting on the couch and I had this blanket from home Mm -hmm. that I always had. And um, uh, I used to put it over me. It was kind of like the comfort thing. Yeah. That, you know, if I was having a moment, that would put that around me. And it was like, and I used to say there was a lot of tears and a lot of emotions in that blanket. So when I was, got my own place and I had actually told my friends that I'd thrown the blanket out when I got the new apartment mm-hmm. and it was orange and my um, uh, new home present from Sonia was an orange blanket that I still have. Ah, and it's 23 years old now. And it was like, this one you don't have to cry so much into. Mm. Basically. Beautiful. There's the psychology behind it. Yes. But again, it was like, that was a comforting thing for being a little bit out of sorts rather than lonely. Mm. I guess we have to kind of like look at loneliness in like two different ways. Because there is being lonely um, and a good kind of lonely where, you know, it's a healthy space. Like I'm grand, I'm okay by myself. I can walk into a pub, order my own pint. You know, I can sit by a coffee shop and I'm accepting of this lonely and just people watch as, you know, life is going by. Yeah. So there are different variations. There's different, you know, I mean, there's, that that I would say is being alone. Yeah. It's actually quite nice to be alone. Mm -hmm. I've travelled on my own to be alone. I've gone to those places. I've gone to have meals in restaurants on my own so I can remember the food I'm eating and enjoy it and taste it and experience it. I love that. You know, that's another thing I've done with Stephen. He learned over the years. Mm. If we were going anywhere that was really a little bit expensive or yeah. something like that, it was a treat. I used to say, we won't talk till we finish the food. <laughs> so then we can talk about it. Oh, very good. You know, so... So over the years, I would have done, say, like that. So that's like enjoying being alone. Mm-hmm. And then the lonely part is the thing where you don't really enjoy being lonely. Yeah. I think people, that's not a really, I don't think, but being alone is grand. And then again, there's, again, it's the, the lone ranger, the yeah. person who is quite happy. They don't need to have a significant other mm-hmm. or a lot of others to make them the person that they feel, yeah, they're not missing it. Yeah. You know? Like yourself, Jenny, I would say I am very comfortable being by myself. Yeah. Um, I guess there are times when I, I used to think, oh God, this is a bit weird. Like I'm enjoying my own company, but I think that's a, a part of growth and growing up and just being content. Yeah, you learn. You learn, yeah. You learn. I had to look at... Myself in relationships, I had amazing mm-hmm. relationships and um, that just didn't work out. There was different mm-hmm. things needed, but who today are still my friends. Yeah. I mean, I had my birthday party this year and I had five or six of my exes that were there, mm-hmm. all still friends from when I was 20 to now. Mm-hmm. Then I had some relationships over the last decade or so that I had to question or the last over the last yeah. Not even a decade, actually 20 years, mm-hmm. that I had to question the type of person that I was getting into a relationship with. 
Because sometimes you can be lonely in a relationship. Yeah, that's true. Because the thing is, is the things that I would look for and wanted for and expecting them of the other person. Yeah. I used to love their quirkiness. They were always a little bit kind of whatever. But that was the thing that was nearly going against for me. Mm. It was like one of those things of in me looking at that and then wanting them to do the things that I wanted. And the frustration of not being able to change. That's what I realised. It was only three of them in that time that I eventually kind of held back. And I went, no, I have to look at, you know, the even in the last relationship of someone um, wanting to control me and own me. Mm. And not have, I come, I come <coughs> with a couple of suitcases of friends and family. Yeah. Like, like, big, yeah, you have a circle, a strong circle. I have incredible yeah. friends. Yeah. I would consider myself a very loyal friend to them. Yeah. And they're loyal to me. So I, you know, when I meet someone, I always tell them, sorry, I kind of have a bit of a circus mm. that comes with me. Yeah. And if they can't accept that, I find that really difficult when somebody wants to take you away yeah. from something that you have built. Like I'm 60 years of age. I have friends from school still. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody comes in new into your life. And they want to kind of separate you yeah, from the separate pack. from I, I, I don't, it doesn't settle with me. Yeah. So it can, in some cases it brings out, you know, like an anger me. I understand, I can't understand why they can't because I'm willing to accept, mm-hmm. you know. So Absolutely. what I decided to do over the last five years is spend time with myself. And how has that journey been? <laughs> it's been <laughs> a whirlwind of so many different things, you know, in the, in the, in that time, like when losing my dad, yeah. who was my best buddy, um, it was kind of minding him, having mm. minded him for four years. He was a very lonely man for a man who was a very outgoing man. Yeah. All of a sudden, like there was none of those friends around that he would have had or there was none of that. And so... Us as a family were his buddies. Yeah, and absolutely. Friends. And so I found myself going, well, all the time that I wanted to give to somebody else in a relationship, I just give that time to my dad. And mm-hmm. it was a two-way thing. Yeah. He, he gave great support to me and I gave to him. Yeah, we could have great ding-dong rows. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. But we knew how to come back and then... Sorry, unfortunately, when he did get sick, it was very hard for me because there you're losing someone. And that was like a kind of a strange thing. And then him, when he eventually got, that was a lonely time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the soul has known that he wasn't in pain or hurt anymore. Um, you kind of had to have those moments of, OK, he's in a better place. Yeah. If I go down the rabbit hole over this... You know, um, what was it worth? All his support to me, you know, saying, you know, stay strong, mm-hmm. you'll be grand. My dad would say, ah, listen, you'll be grand. They mean need you more than you need them. That was yeah. his thing. His philosophy. Know. Yeah. Wow. And you said that you, your dad felt lonely um, during the time when he was like Yeah, he sick. felt lonely. He kind of felt because he was housebound. Okay. And... 
God love the carers, they were amazing, right? Yeah. When they used to come in, he'd waffle the ears off them, right? But he was so used to being out and about. Yeah. And when he couldn't do that, you come that home and you could see him just sitting there. A struggle. And a struggle. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't wait. Like he couldn't wait. When you walked in the door, he said, like you're here, put yeah. the kettle on, hurry yeah. up. That yeah. was his thing. Yeah, no, I understand yeah. that. Like my my old my my old godmother, uh, she's like your father had passed on. But I remember she used to. I knew she was. Her intentions were always good, but when she was angry at you, if you didn't call on time, or you didn't give her the the phone call that she was expecting, because you you'd say Monday at eight, she expected Monday at eight. Our industry is sometimes a little bonkers. So maybe Monday at eight didn't work for me. So I thought Tuesday at nine would be, you know. That's it. Frustration. The frustration is because, again, that loneliness would settle in. Mm. Because he, like, they were out, you know, having fun. My dad was a musician, part-time musician and a bus driver and a truck driver. And he was with people all the time Mm. as well. And he was the man who taught me about and all our family, how to express yourself and mix with people and stuff mm. like that. Um, so when you see someone like that becoming lonely, mm. that's why when I moved in with him, because I, I was like, going, well, I'm not going back into this situation of yeah. I'm going to be at home and nobody coming home and saying hello to me or whatever. So with me, it was like a two-way thing. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, it's like but we, we learned from it. Yeah, the takeaways are really important to see that Mm -hmm. sometimes when people are in that space, they won't translate like the, they they can't express it like because it's pride maybe. It's maybe they're from a different genre, a different generation. Um, And yeah, I guess we've got to be mindful about the people around us. But it's it's funny, early on you were mentioning about being in a relationship and feeling lonely was being in that relationship. I have heard so many of like friends or clients or people uh, just passing by to say that they feel lonely in their mm-hmm. relationships. And I, mm-hmm. d- I wasn't expecting to hear it, but it's definitely something that's um, existing or has always maybe existed. I just, maybe I'm not in enough relationships. No, I, I think um, what it is, I think it's the expectation of what a relationship is. I yeah. Think, you know, you were brought up that a relationship is all the sharing and the doing and, and the whole lot. Like, and I, I see that now with my mother. My mother and my father had split up years yeah. ago and my mother now just lost her second husband um, last year. And for the first time, and she's 83 for mm-hmm. the first time at the age of 83. She's living on her own and she can't handle it. Mm. She doesn't know how to kind of Be cope with it and whatever and yeah. this, that and the other. And But she would have considered herself, say, a bit lonely in, my, in the relationship with my dad because mm-hmm. my dad wasn't doing the things that she wanted. And she was looking for something else, I think, and whatever. So, you know... That's why she kind of, you know, she found someone else, basically. Mm-hmm. But it was a loneliness where you're in that. And the loneliness was that the two things weren't working anymore. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, you know, because like, you know, I'm going to have these people over here or that people over there. And, you know, because you're lonely. 
it's not the, what would you say, you're still in the same room. Yeah. The feeling is like... You're not connecting. No, you're not connecting. So yeah. you're alone. It's not the two-way thing. It's you're alone. So that's where the alone, like, thing comes in. Yeah. And you can, you know, feel like nothing's going right here. Mm. And nothing... Uh, what would you say? That nothing that... <clears throat> You felt, you know, everybody wants the fairy tale relationship. No, it's not that way. No. And that's one thing you're going to learn and we, we all learn as we get older. Mm-hmm. I know now what I don't want. Before it was always what I was looking for that I wanted. But now I know what I don't want. And so that that comes with age, age yeah. wisdom. Yeah, a journey. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I'm I'm very much on the same bandwagon as you. I know exactly. I'm very clear about what I want and what I don't yeah. want. But yeah. I think I would recognize certain things and certain qualities for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like I remember one person, one of my relationships when it was feeling, you know, because you'd always say that, oh God, like you made me feel like, or you made me feel whatever. And I remember she said to me, "I can't make you feel anything. That feeling is yours." Oh, powerful. Yeah. And I thought about it and I thought, well, actually, the feeling is yours. So we can't blame anybody else you for making us feel yes. lonely mm-hmm. or angry or stuff. That's your natural feeling that comes yeah. out. That I can say that now. At the time, was not <laughs> what I was thinking. It was like, of course. you know, because my whole thing was, you make me feel so mad like that you know, that we've come to this stage and, you know, we're getting this and whatever. And then you just go, no. And that was the thing. And I always remember, I'll always remember that saying, you know. It's 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 so powerful when people can actually put that across because you do have to reflect on a lot of things, don't yeah. you? Especially when you are in a relationship and um, there's all these different emotions that are coming out and... You know, you'd like to blame your partner, but sometimes we have to be accountable for maybe certain, um, a certain amount belongs to us. A certain amount of like maybe feeling lonely in relationship belongs to us that maybe we didn't communicate those um, experiences or feelings with them or maybe we're not sitting down talking level head with the person that we love so that we could hash it out. Maybe There's just a disconnect there in that connection and uh, it's fascinating because it's it's just something like, look, I'm not in a relationship and I haven't been for uh, since prior co- the COVID situation but I definitely remember those times of I think it was just pure frustration because when you are not on the same level with somebody that you're partnered off with mm-hmm. and you're not walking in the same direction, the direction is like the fork in the road and you can see yourself splitting further and further away and you're like, but we're, are we not going on the same place? Like, why are you going left and why am I going right? Um, it just, it's it's mind boggling. Yeah, but the uh, the thing is, I think it is, if people could just, if they could pick up on the signs a mm. little bit, because the signs are always there. Yeah. And if we could, and I'm saying that, put my own hand up, must mm. try harder. 
But if you can pick up on the signs mm-hmm. from an early and go, you know what, that's not what it is. You know, yeah. Um, for the first time in my t- time in my life, I was actually thinking, Do you know, what? I might settle for a companionship mm. rather than if it's this hard. And then, as I said, I used to be the person who would always be looking for the relationship, and kind of I be the one might start the relationship, the chat, you know, ask them out or this, that, and the other. Um, now I want someone to find me. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. I've lived my life. You know, haven't been with men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very honest about that. Um, I found my way, like through um, life, being like incredible relationships from when I was younger mm-hmm. with men and older. I found with women, but I found I was more emotionally attached to women than with men. It wasn't that it was like all of a sudden, you know, I I I. I, I <laughs> I, this is my feeling on it and not everybody else's feeling on it. I didn't, I wasn't born gay. Mm-hmm. I chose my relationship later on. Yeah. Hasn't stopped me still being attracted to men. Yeah. You know, because I think men are amazing for me. Like I've had some great men in my life and um, my father being a great man to, you know, want somebody like the way he was or whatever. But um, But now I want someone to find me. Absolutely. You know, so that's why I'm more content and that's why I'm not lonely for a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and I would never put myself in that because I don't think it does define you. I think it's something that when people are in a relationship and they don't even have to think about it, that's the relationship. Yeah. But if somebody's in a relationship and you have to keep thinking about is the other person okay? Is this person not right? Like, what am I doing here? Are we going there? Why aren't we going there? This, that and the other. Now that for me would just wreck my head now. Yeah. Whereas before I would have been going around like, yeah, 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 let's do this. Let's go here. Let's... More, it sounds like, <sighs> Whatever. If, if you don't mind me saying, a little sense of like just people pleasing mm-hmm. and like jumping on the, like just, it, like it's not an equal... Yeah, balance ground because when you're when you're jumping ahead and they're not doing the same type of jump there's not this beautiful you know connection there and it's maybe one way yeah so that's what I'm saying is like I mean obviously the subject here is about loneliness and not just about relationships Mm -hmm. but in an awful lot of cases that the the relationship doesn't have to be a connection with you know the relationship can be a family relationship Mm. That can create loneliness. You know, it's not per se a partner. It could be, you know, you're not getting on with your brothers and sisters. You're not getting on with your mother or father or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin that you don't, whatever. There's all these different situations that can bring people into a a very low state, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It's not always about, it can be a relationship or just the relationship that they have with themselves. Yeah, I was going to say... Like young people, you know, have... Having the awareness. Yeah, exactly. And um, the unfortunate thing in this society, I can only say this now, is like that uh, anxiety Mm -hmm. can be misinterpreted to young people now because being anxious about something and having anxiety are two different things. And sometimes not explaining them that being anxious about something is just you're a little bit nervous, 
little thing going in your tummy. But because the word has been bantered around a lot, mm. it's like you suffer from anxiety. So then all of a sudden you nearly create, they, they seem to, God love them, nearly create a social anxiety. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I suffer from anxiety. Instead of like, are oh, you just a little bit nervous? Yeah. About you're about to do, that's a natural emotional feeling. Yeah. And then they build that up in the head and all of a sudden they retract from people and whatever. No, I can't go out because, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, and then they're creating something. Yeah, that's not really a reality. Yeah, yeah. They're not dealing with the full facts. Yeah, or being able to decipher what is um, a true like emotional state that yeah. they. Yeah, no, I understand. There's well, the hair. Look, there's everything is can be blown out. We've got so much education and information going out there. Like you can just grab and take. And just almost self-diagnose at this stage, no? Well, I think if if we can all find the one person, mm. okay? Like, I'm talking about the person for the conversation with. And just have the conversation with that person. That would help an awful lot of people. If they could just have one person that they have those really open conversations about how they're feeling and alone, that would be amazing because it's out there. People have talked about it, mm-hmm. that it is there. I'm very fortunate, I have to say. And they told me as I grow up that I'll only end up with like, you know, friends on f- five, on one hand, you can count them, right? Mm-hmm. I happen to have them on two hands, I have to say. And maybe I'm very fortunate. And maybe that's the way that I'm very fortunate that I can deal with anything when I get that little bit. As I say, I do get lonely. I'm not saying I don't. But I don't get lonely enough to be recluse. Mm-hmm. I don't get lonely enough to be really upset, you know, and down. I don't get lonely enough to uh, retract away from everybody and, and then not get involved in anything. I'm fortunate in that way. Yeah. But I'm not. I am human. So there is a loneliness there. But... The one person with the connection at the end of the day was like, let's just do this because all the others are busy. They've got their kids. They've got their, you know, uh, going through everything. The age we are now, a lot of the kids now are obviously in their 20s and 30s, but they're still going through a lot, you know. And um, so it's like, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way life goes. I'm actually really glad that you're uh, speaking from that angle as well, Jenny, because it, I guess it's really important to to see that it's not only about doom and gloom, but it's about taking action, you know, mm-hmm. taking action with yourself, being able to sit well with yourself, uh, to be comfortable in yourself, to move in a direction that if you have that heightened awareness that you you may be feeling a certain way, that you straight away find, like you said early on, something to look forward to, meet those friends, um, maybe just plan something that will take you out of the the headspace of loneliness. Well, yeah, like because clients often say to me, like, you're going away on holidays again. Yeah. I say, I have four weeks holidays a year and I take one every three months. And I try and have an adventure. I try something different every year. Mm-hmm. I go visit my family in France, but I, one of the holidays a year has to be somewhere different to have an experience. And it gives me something to look forward to, you know. And then 
I love laughing. And like, so, you know, I just have to go out with Blanche and... Have a giggle. Have a giggle. Mm. And, you know, it's okay. And uh, all my friends laugh, so that's a good thing. They're not all serious. They will, they will you know, hang in with me. You can't take it <laughs> you all <can't>. serious. <laughs> you oh, know? well... Jenny, thank you so, so much for today's podcast and episode. You've been really amazing. I love the angle and spin that you've actually been able to bring to the listeners on the episode. And I really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. And, you know, if we can help anybody out there. Right. I'm yeah. always good in the salon if you want to come for a consultation. Oh, they, well, they'll know that you're, they're going to be, you'll see the the um, the booking system now be no, through no, the roof. No, no, that's not for a haircut. Sometimes a consultation, just having a chat. Yes, yes. That gets them over the threshold. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for listening today with myself and Jenny Crawford. Um, if anything resonates with you on this podcast, please reach out to our socials at... The Lonely Gal underscore or the email lonelygalpodcast at gmail.com. We're really looking forward to hearing your stories and I'll see you on our next episode.